Hey, what's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 92 of Super Nerd Pals. We I'm- fucked up. We- <laughs> the curse strikes back. We we fucked up real bad. Real bad. This is uh, take two. <laughs> I mean, we fucked it in the past, but it hasn't been as bad as this time, because at least the previous time Zach was on for Kingdom Heats, MP3 Skype recorder saved us, but this time it, it fucked me. It, it fucked me over so badly. So what happened apparently was that Andy's file fucking died in transit between Skype going down and him trying to export it. And, I like. And it just... I closed Skype, and as I closed Skype, uh, Audacity just kind of like said "fuck it." Yeah. And... So, and the it... auto recover function didn't happen. Which so. Is... So this was supposed to be a Final Fantasy special with, with our friend Zach, um, and then that happened, and then Chris lost the backup. The backup like died or something. Also, yeah. So, so plan, plans A and B failed. Yeah. So so we're gonna do a new opening that <laughs> shouldn't have shouldn't have existed, but it's existing. And then Chris is gonna work his magic to revive what he can of Zack's portion of the show so that we we can still have Zack's Final Fantasy 15 impressions and have him be a part of the show and hopefully you know what at this point I'm gonna say it's just Zack's fault Zack if you're listening the fuck man (laughs) Zack senpai I'm so sorry I mean it's it's gonna sound a little bit choppy because there's gonna be some parts where Andy obviously is talking and then I might have to cut it out or Andy left like around eleven thirty, so Zach and I talked another twenty twenty five minutes. So that section of the podcast should be okay. We had some really nice debate about Kingdom Hearts. And- yeah, dude, that's like the that so- biggest lost. Well, you know what you you can always pick it up. You know what this means, Zach? You need to come back on the show, and we need to break this goddamn curse. Yeah, he's got to come back for the release of two point eight Kingdom Hearts, the revival. The, re- <laughs> the, the re-revival. <laughs> the re-revival. <laughs> That's what we're going to call this. Um, I was really sad because, like, you guys were going, like, deep cuts into the Kingdom Hearts lore. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, and I kind of want to hear what the fuck that even sounds like. Like, what what is Kingdom Hearts lore? Every, everyone is Xehanort. <laughs> that's, that's what I understand. That's what, I, that's what I'm getting. Um, so, yeah, you want to you wanna bang up this fuck-up intro? Yeah. All right. What we got? So this week, we got a new uh, Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Vulture looking like a fucking boss from Metal Gear Solid. Do you like Vulture's look? I Listen, he, uh, he looks like Raging Raven from Metal Gear Solid 4. Why is everyone <laughs> hating on Vulture? Dude, listen, no, I know. Andy, we established this. I love the Vulture's look. Me, I think the Vulture looks awesome. Me and you are apparently the only two that think this. I, Man, that's stupid. I, no, no, no. I didn't say it didn't, doesn't look cool. It looks like a a fucking Metal Gear Solid Four villain. Look, that's Kojima the Vulture. confirmed. Kojima <laughs> confirmed that's Spider Man Homecoming. That's the fucking Vulture. I don't know if you can see Chris, but yeah, yeah. Vulture came out in two thousand nine's Metal Gear Solid Four, and and I'm gonna be real honest with you. Vulture's my least favorite Spider Man villain. Oh, mine too. Like hands down, he's the worst. And I, I who's your number one? My favorite yeah. Spider Man. <sighs> That's a whole. Di- that's, that's oh yeah, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> that's a whole other thing Craven because you got you got Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, then you got Harry Osborn, Green Goblin, then you got Venom, then you got of course Craven the Hunter. 
the jackal, the jackal. I pretty much like most of his rogues gallery, except for Hobgoblin, because it's like Green Goblin's like drunk cousin or some shit. And then you have the vulture way at the bottom. All right, so it's funny that you mentioned that because um, me and Chris established that uh, the friend that Peter has in the movie in the trailer, his name. When you check it out, he's actually gonna become the Hobgoblin. Fuck that guy. Yeah, so his character's name is Ned Leeds, and he's not the OG Hobgoblin. That in the comics continuity, this character Ned Leeds, he's like a colleague. He also worked at the Daily Bugle with uh, with Peter, and Ned somehow gets brainwashed, and he believe, and then he becomes the Hobgoblin for an extended amount of time. Except he doesn't have any of the the goblin serum in him, so he's just a normal dude on a glider throwing pumpkin bombs. Being an asshole, pretty much. Exactly. But I was asking Andy about this, and uh, on his opinion. I'm really curious to hear your opinion, but basically, I, I know we touched upon this before in the podcast, but they took Ned and, Ga- and Gank Lee from Miles Morales' uh, run on Spider-Man and mashed them together, because uh, I mean, he looks exactly like Gank Lee. He's a, he's a, a Heavy set Asian American um, character, and they're they're retconning him to be not his colleague, but like best bros in in high school. And I thought, you know, they're robbing Miles Morales of his partner in crime. And I don't know what's that gonna what's that gonna do for the future of MCU if they're if Miles is actually gonna be in Spider Man or not, or they're, or they're gonna give some or make a brand new high school partner in crime for miles if he does show up so i wanted to get your thoughts about that stan tom holland's like five years old right <laughs> um and my, he's the most ripped ass five-year-old i've ever right. seen so but yeah like i don't think they casted peter parker with the intention of replacing him in a few years like they're gonna do with like steve like chris chris evans right yeah. He's. You can have this Peter go through high school, then go through college. You can build an entire franchise around this Peter Parker because he's so young. He's like fucking Daniel Radcliffe in the first Harry Potter movie. You know, there's there's movies in this kid's repertoire if they want to. Like he's got mileage. So I don't see Miles happening anytime soon. I see Ben Riley occurring before I see Miles showing up. So I don't think it's a big deal. In the next reboot, maybe we'll get Miles. The next time, the fucking maybe after Avengers four, when we're fucking thirty five years old and still doing this show and being fucking cranky because did they put Spider Gwen in yet? No, they didn't. So I'm not I'm not too bothered by that. I I feel like the MCU is gonna go is gonna run the gamut just like Star Wars. You know you know we're gonna be forty years old and like Phase Eight is gonna come out. I'm like wow Phase Eight, but but then they they reboot it with with Peter Parker again. Star Wars versus Marvel. The final phase before we die. Yes. Um, <laughs> going back to the vulture, the Val Kilmer, right? No, no. Michael Who? Keaton. Wait, right. the other Batman. The other one, wrong Batman. <laughs> Listen, it's been a long day. There's, there was like, you're like getting say George Clooney. So, oh god, that one would have got like vulture nipples. Which I'm not ruling out. Maybe he'll fight Miles in the in the next one. Um, so we got Michael Keaton. He's the Wild Bird Man. So I, I can see him being alright as the Vulture, but honestly, Vulture is, like, just one rung above the fucking Shocker. It's like... But 
the shockers in this movie too. Okay. Right, right. So like, so you go if, if you want to use like anime logic, like shockers like Raditz, and then like fucking vultures like Nappa or some shit. Like he's get they're they're getting the D class villains out of the way, and it's which cer- is which is smart because this is Spider Man's first year of being yeah, Spider Man. Exactly. So it gives the viewers. A different villain, different pair of villains that we haven't seen before on film gets them out of the way and then makes them like background villains because I, in the way I'm seeing this trailer, it's not the villain like thing. It's like we're not, we don't care about the villain this time around. We want to see Peter interacting with Tony and being a part of the larger MCU. So this sets up. Peter's place in the MCU gives us lots of lots of um, development between Tony and Peter, and then because we need conflict, they throw in the villains. After this movie, once we're comfortable with Peter, because even though this is not an origin, this is an origin in a way for like this version of Peter. So it, they throw they throw us a bone with the vulture and get him out of the way and gives Peter something to fight without it being the because you can't do this like where it's like oh it's gonna be fucking Peter's first movie and we're also making the villain Venom because it's like you're it, too many things going on right you need something you don't care about nobody cares about the fucking vulture nobody's like dying in the streets because they want to see the fucking vulture well, no one, no one cares yet I mean Marvel has a great way of like taking like B list C list characters and like making us care about them. And and then killing them in the same movie, so we never see them again, unless they're fucking Tom Hiddleston. Yes, exactly. Well, maybe, maybe Marvel has learned the flaws of Sony, and they're not going to kill any villains in this movie. I mean, but, but like Marvel kills off their share of villains, also. Like when the when the fuck are we going to see the Red Skull? All again? right, fair. But Sony's villains? How many of Sony Spider-Man villains lived? None. <laughs> Exactly. No, because they're they're burning the house down as they were going. Because Spider Man was like, "Yeah, fuck this guy. He crossed my path. Kill him." The best we can hope for is that like Michael Keaton comes back in the sequel, like at like Scarecrow in the Dark Knight, or even if they do like a Sinister Six type of deal, which they're going to do. I assume that's still happening. I mean, they already got two of the Sinister Six in this movie, so. They're, so, basically, it's fine. I don't give a fuck about the Vulture, but I understand why he's in there. I'm not upset about the fact that it's the Vulture, because I am I get it. I'd rather, I also would rather see Peter, like, chilling with Tony and, like, you know, getting more into the relationship between him and, and, and Aunt May, and then, like, setting up his corner of the MCU, and then maybe in the next movie we'll get Doc Ock or Green Goblin, and the the A list, you know. I'm hoping at the end of this movie, fucking Peter's gonna be on the roof with Captain Stacy, and he's gonna hand him like a, a fucking playing card with Green Goblin's face on it. And he's like, "I found this <laughs> at the crime scene," and then he's gonna like run off. Uh, and then Hans Zimmer soundtrack cut the black. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've already confirmed that there's gonna be a Spider-Man two movie, which is ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, in, t- in 2019. Yeah. I mean, we knew we knew this was gonna happen. And, I mean, we're obviously gonna get Spidey in the new Avengers movie, so we don't have to worry about that either. So we're gonna see our fair share amount of Spidey. You know what I want to see in, in, in Spider-Man 2? Daredevil. Ooh. Some Matt Murdock. Yeah, get some Defenders. Get some Defenders into the MCU. Some of the coolest team-ups for Spider-Man is when he teams up with Daredevil. Oh and my god, that shit. would be amazing if the second movie the second movie was about Kingpin. And Black Cat. 
Black Cat is involved. Yes. Yes. Black Cat is 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 involved with Kingpin. Her origin story, if I remember correctly, directly involves Kingpin because she's in debt to the Kingpin, yeah. and so you get this whole Kingpin Black Cat who we've never seen before, and then, and then Daredevil, Daredevil Spider Man, and then that means that uh, we will get a Netflix series character on the big screen. Two yeah. of them. And who better than Daredevil because he's like the flagship of the Netflix TV stuff. Yeah. And also there's like this great Mark Wade Daredevil story where um, Daredevil and Spider-Man team up. But then Daredevil has like a, a tryst with Black Cat. And then there's like this scene where Black Cat and, and Matt Mur- Murdock are like making out on a rooftop. And Spider-Man is like in the background watching this happen. <laughs> and, oh no. And he literally, Spider-Man literally says, this is my super villain origin story. <laughs> <laughs> Cause the whole the whole the whole comic, he's like trying to hit on Black Cat, but she's like, no, 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 and then she starts getting with Daredevil and Spider Man, just like ain't having it. And it's like the fun, like one of the funny. I want to see that play out. I mean, it would. We got we got to see one comic book scene come to life in this movie. Well, in the trailer, at least. Yeah, yeah. with the with the the, heist, the Avengers heist. Coat, yeah, Stan, we were trying to figure out. Like, do you know what issue or what uh what run that? particular it's, heist it's, from? it's ultimate spider-man so it's ultimate spider-man there is this hole it's early on peter gets a, a hole in his suit in the ass <laughs> and mary jane agrees to sew up his asshole <laughs> and so there's like a whole like couple issues where he's just wearing like a like whatever you find like a hoodie and like a, a, a <laughs> makeshift spider-man mask and he's like fighting and it's like really long and so he's like fighting criminals like in this like sweatpants like outfit that he put together and yeah it's it's a great couple issues and and they do that joke in the comic book where like they keep referring to spider-man's butthole and like how she's trying to sew it up so it's it's a good couple it's a good couple issues yeah there's also like a scene where he's trying to break up like uh, like a group of people and, and somebody's like where'd you get that costume and and peter's like your mom gave it to me or something. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty good it's pretty good one thing that we were talking about before during the heist you have like this weird alien technology i think it could be like chitari technology from like the first avengers or it could be the work of one of the villains that's supposed to be the movie the the tinkerer played mm. by michael chernis i have no idea who the tinkerer is i just he sounds like the Marvel's version of, of Toy Man. Uh, what are your theories about that? Could it be Hammer Tech. Um, oh, that's that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hammer Tech showed up in um, in Luke Cage, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. in the the last couple issues, uh, Diamondback um, issues episodes of Luke Cage, Diamondback has a whole suit made from Hammer Tech, so it could be the same shit if they want to make that connection. And I think Hammer Tech is like repurposing like alien technology in their shit anyway. Could also be that if it is Hammer Tech that they supplied Vulture with his suit, so we could get that too. Yeah, and like I, I gotta imagine that because I almost know nothing about Hammer as like an organization, and it's the only the first time I heard it come up was in Luke Cage. I feel like that's something that we need to elaborate on more in the MCU. Like what, like who is this organization? Are they part of? You know, are they the counterpoint to Shield? Are they here? Are they like a good organization or a bad one or? Lots of, lots of questions. I mean, Marvel does a good way of, like, answering those unanswered questions, but later on. It wasn't in Winter Soldier that they brought up Doctor Strange for the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the, the senator who, who turned out to be a secret 
Hydra agent. Um, actually, the, the actor, uh, he died earlier uh, this year. So screw you, 2016. But they were, they were referencing a whole bunch of like persons of interest, basically like metas and like people with fantastic abilities. And Stephen Strange's name popped up. That was the first time. So Marvel is always like putting little hints that they elaborate on later. So, uh, what do you think of like the high school comedy feel? At least with the original trailer. I, I, one thing I found curious between the original and the international trailer. The original one, it was very fun and upbeat, and it, it still had a fair amount of action. The international trailer, it played off like every single other hollywood blockbuster movie it was like super serious you had like the inception horn in the background like really dark <laughs> music you had like some fun moments where it, it played like tony stark making all the jokes like i'm not hugging you i'm i'm, I'm getting the door for you but yeah um that's that's the international trailer was really serious and then the original one it it played like a nice balance between the two i'm looking forward to the high school stuff because one everyone looks like they should be in high school yeah uh, like everyone looks their age and uh i think the chemistry between peter and ned looks really cool really fun especially the part where he he climbs into his room and like ned's like holding like a legger death star and he drops it <laughs> <laughs> i think it's awesome because we haven't seen that play out in live action um our peters have always been like college age up yeah. until now so well, all of our peters have been like Adult years men, old yeah, playing. yeah, adult men, um, and the cornerstone of early Peter stories are always high school based. Ultimate Spider-Man was like super into like the high school stuff. You know, Peter was in high school in the beginning of the original Spider-Man comics, and like when those came out, and Miles too, also like all well in the beginning of of his his Ultimate Spider-Man run, he was like in middle school, I think. Yeah, and then they did a time skip later, so it's always. Good. And, and like I said earlier, like, if they're doing what I think they're doing, they're going to follow Peter throughout, like, his career. He's going to start in high school. He's going to go to college. He'll get a, a job at the Bugle. And maybe he'll get married. And then he'll make a deal with the devil and then get unmarried. And then, like, <laughs> take off his mask and then put his mask back on. And, and people forget that he was Peter. And then maybe Doc Ock will, like, take his body over. And then we'll get, like, a couple movies where he's just Doc Ock inside of Peter's body. and Being a douche, but also doing good. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and, and then at the end he'll, uh, he'll run an entire international company. And then, you know, he'll have a nice green spider on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then Spider Verse, and then, and then Spider Man, and then yeah. all the spin-off noir anthology movies, and we'll have it all. We'll have it all. I mean, I should, they're gonna run out of ideas eventually. Like, how many Avengers movies can they possibly be doing? They could probably like do squeeze out a good like handful. They're not gonna be able to do it with the original cast for much longer. It's true. Like by the time we hit Avengers fucking five, like who the fuck's gonna be left? <laughs> <laughs> Avengers 5 is going to be the Defenders with, with Peter. Like, it's going to be street-level Avengers. That'd be cool. I, I would be I would so down for that. More Kingpin, that'd be awesome. I don't know. More ninjas. There's a lot of ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of ninjas, especially, like, in Daredevil's, like, corner. Oh, my God. If Daredevil you... has so many ninjas. He was, like, a ninja for, like, a minute. He was, like, an evil ninja or some shit. Shadowland. This is a good segue because, like, we forgot to talk, or at least I forgot to talk about this. But with ninjas and the hand, uh, the hand's gonna be the main villain in uh, the Defenders, and we have one more hero to round out before we get to that. That's Iron Fist. 
I missed the the original teaser trailer. Uh, apparently, that came out during near Comic Con and looked pretty good. And then uh, something that just made my blood boil happen. Like, um, so I don't know who tweeted it out. Uh, I don't know if it was like Marvel or like some one of the actors' like personal twitters, but it was infuriating. There was an image of them on set. The guy playing Iron Fist. I don't remember his name. Uh, they're doing a shot inside like a martial arts dojo. <sighs> I can't, it's weird. I, I want to say it's like a kendo dojo because he's he's using a kendo stick, but he's using the completely wrong stance. Like he's doing like a, a kung fu tai chi uh, sword stance, uh, specifically with using a jian, but he's using the kendo stick and it's completely wrong, wrong, wrong stance, wrong martial art, wrong country. And plus like, and it just made me like, maybe like oh what are you doing i don't know if it's a joke or a gag or actually in the movie or actually in the show but it just made me feel like you're getting all your martial arts wrong i, I don't understand what's going on and maybe i'm maybe i'm being nitpicky but like i love martial arts so i take this shit seriously and it's like this is this is this is wrong this is all wrong stop it so anyway mm-hmm. rent over well, those of us who aren't karate nerds wouldn't have picked it up at all. So I think you're going to be the <laughs> only sorry. one. I'm sorry. It's just like, oh, what are you doing? That's the wrong. It's all wrong. Well, I'm really looking forward to watch to to like talking about Iron Fist with you when it starts hitting Netflix. So we so every week you can bitch about like what's like what else that they. I don't get. Up. I don't get angry much on this show, but this is just like, ah, oh, I gotta. Chris is gonna be like, no, his foot was one I, quarter too far to the left. I really, I really want you now. Now that you've done this every week, okay, new episode of Iron Fist, you got to pick out all the inconsistencies <laughs> with the fighting. This is true. I mean, it was no, it's not just the fighting. It's like, it's like, okay, one, the sword stance is wrong. Two, he's using like a kendo stick, and three. All the all the other people in this shot, like there's like three other or two or three other martial arts students, they're wearing karate geese, so it's completely different. I mean, like same countries, they're kendo and karate, are both Japanese, but completely different martial art. And there's this one shot, and uh, the guy on the left, he's this uh, African American guy, and he has his hand over his mouth. I'm like, yo, this guy, he must be cringing so hard at Iron Fist because like. It's it's just such a beautiful shot. Like I am that black guy. He he <laughs> he's just cringing so hard at what just looking at what Iron Fist is doing right now. I was like I I yes, I'm yes I empathize. Anyway, I'm sorry. Second round over. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else about the the trailer? Like any other Easter eggs? I thought it was really cool how they referenced uh, Bruce Banner, his portraits on the wall in the one of the, the science rooms in high school. And I didn't actually catch it, but apparently there was a mural of Howard Stark somewhere in one of the scenes where it takes place in Washington, D.C. So that's pretty cool. I'm interested to see how they're going to like get Peter to D.C. Like, what is going to happen that he's got to go from New York to, to D.C.? I got it. High school field trip to Washington, D.C. That's a hell of a uh, fucking school trip. Like I, my none of my high fucking high schools in Queens were like, oh, well, let's go to another state. I'm actually uh in high school and junior high school. I was given the opportunity to travel to DC with my school. Oh really? Yeah. Not my fucking school. I guess it was just real cheap. I mean, me and you went to the same high school. We didn't go to the same junior high. Hmm. Oh no. <laughs> in high school, they let you go. Yeah, in high school, they didn't let me go. The oh, fuck. 
And I didn't take the opportunity, but <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go back in time and change it. Was, that. It was given to me. Was... I mean, I've been the I've been the DC, so it's fine. <laughs> but no, we do not want to travel back in time. Our high school was terrible. <laughs> let's not. Let's move on. Uh, cool. So Spider Man Homecoming looks really hype. Yeah, really excited about it. Oh yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. I want them to release a new trailer tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll get one during. Thor Ragnarok. That's like the next movie that's coming out, uh, right? Uh, or Is it? I'm... Isn't Guardians of the Galaxy the next one? Oh, yeah. Wait, Guardians what? might be the next one. I think Guardians is the next one. Then what happened to Thor Ragnarok? Thor... Guardians is in like March, and I think Thor is in May. I think Thor might have been pushed back even further to like the end of the next year. Really? I think so. That sucks. I still need to see Doctor Strange. Me too. I haven't seen it. So good. Love it. Go watch it. All right, so Guardians is in Guardians got pushed to May fifth, then July seventh, Spider Man Homecoming, then November third is uh, Thor Ragnarok. That's a twenty seventeen Marvel. Yeah, that's movies. a twenty seventeen Marvel movie schedule. So we'll probably get a new trailer by the time Guardians for sure, especially yeah. if it's like right beat yeah. like a couple. It's months. like right around the corner. Maybe we'll get a nice Super Bowl spot in February. A new Spider Man. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, you guys want to do some comic book pulls? Yeah, let's let's close in on those pulls. Not much this week. I I have nothing again. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty light week. Like I said before, I'm really excited for DC Rebirth Holiday Special Number One. So Paul Dini's on the job. So he's writing a series of vignettes, all holiday themed, and a, a spattering of different artists are working on each vignette. So. You have a Hanukkah-themed story with the Huntress, a story about the Flash family Christmas. This one I'm most excited about is Wonder Woman, and she's crashing a paganistic party held by John Constantine. And there's also a uh, a Harley Quinn holiday tale, so that's pretty cool. Of course there is. Oh, no, Paul Dini, just everything he does is really cool. I actually really want to pick up one of his more recent works. Uh, it's... Um, it's DC related, but sorta. Um, it's basically a nonfiction graphic novel where he puts into comic book form a a really traumatic incident he had where he got mugged and how Batman inspired him, like just like Batman how his character and mythos inspired him to get back out there and not be afraid of going out and just of the world. And it's a really inspiring book. Uh, got really, really great reviews, so I want to check that out. Uh, so that book is called... It's like Dark Knight or something. Yeah, a Dark Knight, A True Batman Story by Paul Dini and art by art by Eduardo Riso. It's like $16 hardcover on Amazon Prime, so that's not bad at all. Nice. Nope, not bad. Um, I'm picking up... Oh, I, I might pick up. I'm going to check out... Uh, Punisher and Doctor Strange um, called Magic Bullets. I don't know if it's a mini. I don't know if it's a one shot. I know like almost nothing about this except for the fact that it sounds ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Punisher is dealing with like the mob or something. Like he, you know, like he does every day of the week. And then he, ha- for some reason, there's like a problem that he needs Doctor Strange's help on. I'm thinking like somebody in the mob or whatever got their hands on the Necronomicon or some shit, and and like some sort of arcane like. <laughs> cult like item that they're using and he's got to get help from the the good doctor um 
But, like, it's not that crazy because Frank Castle has done, like, a lot of crazy, like, not-of-this-world not shit. I just feel like their personalities are gonna clash a lot. Yeah. Um, there was Frankencastle, which I don't know if you <laughs> ever heard of Frankencastle. No. Um, I think it was during Civil War or maybe just after... Dakin, Wolverine's son, kills Frank Castle, like chops up his body, and then somebody stitches him back together like Frankenstein. And for <laughs> a good while there, he was just called Frankencastle, and he was just like this undead version of himself. Before that, in the early aughts, um, I think it was, it was either the late 90s or the early aughts, the first interaction I had with Punisher in the comic books was, I don't remember what the name of the storyline was, but he died again, and then came back to life with angel powers and so he had like he had uh basically angel bullets and he was like fighting demons or something and that, he had this sounds awesome and he had like um he had like an arch like an archangel like overboss that was like telling him like shit to do and so he had to report to like the chief angel or some shit and, and yeah that he, sounds pretty amazing yeah. oh man yo i did I, both of those books sound so good Make those into movies, Marvel. Hold on, I'm going to look this up real quick, because now I'm wondering what it's called. Punisher Angel Powers. Thank you, Google. Okay, you know what? The Punisher Netflix series, it should be one of those two titles. Just calling it. It'd be awesome. (laughs) Alright, I'm going to read it right now. It's called Revelation. It's Punisher miniseries. And And apparently Wolverine also. It was an attempt to revamp the Punisher. Basically, there was a demon who was forced to Earth in a mortal form with no knowledge of his demonic reality. Somehow, this demon regained this knowledge and also learned of a way to gain a larger control over his his tiny portion of hell. His way of doing this was via the massacre of Castle's family in Central Park, and Castle subsequently became the Punisher. Each person the Punisher killed was sent to Bob's domain. That's what... This is Marvel News. It's like a forum. The, the demon's domain. So he gathered a large army of people that Punisher has killed. After being the Punisher for such a long time, Castle kills himself, only to be resurrected by his guardian angel and given the power to reach into Heaven's arsenal and pull out any weapon he <laughs> desires. He uses these powers to defeat the demon, then continues on being the Punisher, but with slightly less evil orientation than before. But still with angel powers? Obviously, it didn't last, but... Oh! There you go. Man. Yeah, there you go. I- Stan, I just have an image of Frank Castle with, like, Zamasu, Sephiroth, Halo wings, and just, like, shooting giant glowing crucifixes at at his enemies, and and they blow up. I mean, to be honest, like, the the ability for him to reach into heaven and pull out any weapon he wants is a kind of cool superpower. I'm thinking, like, he has the Constantine gun where it looks like a cross. Cross, yeah. And, like, like, crosses, like, stamped onto the bullets and shit. (laughs) Wait, is that a thing? Like, uh... Like Constantine and Castles teaming up. Oh I man, I know. Wait, no, Constantine's DC. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, okay, never mind. Man. The constant, the Constantine Castle would be, uh, would be, uh, what's it called? The Doctor Strange. Yeah, that would be like yeah, the equivalent. That's true. They should still do it. I mean, because, um, because like DC, DC, Mar- like, what was it uh, DC and the X Men did a team up, right? Yeah, so. there was a few different DC crossovers. There was DC versus Marvel. There was JLA Avengers, um, Spider-Man, Superman, Superman Fantastic Four did a team up. They they haven't made them. And then there's um, Amalgam Comics, which they fused DC and Marvel characters together. So, like, DB Fusions. Kind of, yeah. Before there was one, yeah. 
They should do. They really should get back together and do like a a new, a new crossover. But yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and that's it, right? But yeah, that's yeah. it. That's, yeah, uh, we fattened up this episode. We so said we talked about forty five minutes, and then whatever else I can cut. Uh, yeah. Then in the next couple seconds, you'll hear uh the conversation between Zach and I and. Unfortunately, Andy, you're gonna be cut. You're cut. You got cut out. I'm so sorry. I, I'm still pissed off about the Kingdom Hearts stuff because that was so. That was such good tape. Uh, they'll pick it up uh, next time. Yeah, oh, sometime yeah, in oh, January, yeah. February. More Kingdom Hearts talk. We'll do like a spoiler cast for like 15. Cause... I could talk about Kingdom Hearts for fucking ever. So. Yeah, yeah. So please enjoy this brief, hopefully not too brief, uh, conversation with Zach. And thanks for coming on the show, Zach. And we're sorry. That everything exploded. We'll 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 get it right on the fourth time. <laughs> yeah, four <laughs> times a charm. Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Wild Zach, he appeared. Where'd he come from? Oh my god. Hi. Zach. Yes, Chris. How are you? It's been so long. It's been so freaking long. I'm doing well. I, uh, you guys know, listeners don't know that it's really hard for us to sync up our schedules. So, uh, I'm glad that we could work it out at least a little bit. Anything to have you on, Zach. And, you know, we, there's no other perfect time because Final Fantasy 15 came out, uh, really recently. And you spent an entire year marathoning through the entire series. We had you on on the show. Uh, you had your amazing blog. And and now we had to have you back on the show. So welcome back, Zach. Thank this you, is, sir. So thank great. you, thank you. So the the blog, just to touch on that, I, I haven't touched it since I finished the marathon in January. Um, but the plan the entire time was once I got... 15 in my hands and once I played through I would continue the blog I wasn't sure if I was gonna do weekly updates like before or whatnot but um I've decided that I'm just gonna wait until I finish the game and then I'll do a massive review thoughts and impressions etc just because by the time I finish it because I have so much going on in my life it's gonna take me probably a couple more weeks to finish it and by that time hopefully everybody else who bought it at launch is going to beat it so I can get a bit spoilery with it yeah, there's a lot going on in your life. Like, uh, we were we were we were talking about this on the group before, but <laughs> you started writing again. Can you explain more about that? Uh, yeah, one of my friends that I worked with at Save Continue, where the Final Fantasy blog is at, um, he's been writing for PlayStation Universe for a year or two now, and he, they're apparently a bit short on writers right now. And he saw that I had left Twinfinite, and so he asked me if I wanted to join them. I told him, well, you know, I've I left there because I just was too busy. It wasn't them, it was me type of deal. 
And I just, I couldn't keep up with the quota and I just didn't have the time to commit. And he said, oh, you know, no, no problem because there's no quota here. It's purely, you know, if you want to write, write. If you don't have time, cool. Just let us know. And uh, so it's a very casual thing. So I've just put my first feature up there a couple days ago. And that was uh, outlining and analyzing and breaking apart the final Kingdom Hearts 2.8 HD final chapter prologue trailer. <laughs> That was a long sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a lot, and half of it was the title of the game. Well, congratulations again. That's, Thanks. That's awesome. Like I said it's just super cash, but you know, it, it's good because it lets me flex my writing muscles a little bit instead of getting stale. Should we start with Kingdom Hearts or should we start with Final Fantasy Fifteen? Because like, how about we we do a bit of Kingdom Hearts since I just mentioned that uh, breakdown, and we'll get that out of the way, and then we'll jump into Fifteen. All right, take it away. So, the the tra- the final trailer for it, it's got a lot of stuff in it that we haven't seen before, such as in 0.2 Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage, where you play as Aqua, you can customize her outfit now. That's dope. Like, the only Kingdom Hearts game where there's outfit customization so far is Unchained Key, which it's like a blank slate avatar. But this is an actual, like, proper, well-known character that, oh, all of a sudden you can... Change what her outfit looks like. Well, oh, kind of. Like You, you can, can give her mini ears yeah. and cat ears yeah. and wings. That's so cool. Yeah, you can give her uh, headgear, arm gear, back accessories, and you can customize the pattern on her outfit. So there aren't like extra outfits or anything. It's just you can customize what it looks like. But So it's, it's interesting. I don't know if there's going to be like stat bonuses for it or anything or if it's purely aesthetic, but might be because every from what Nomura said, everything with 2.8, or uh, 0.2 is going to be basically a look at Kingdom Hearts 3. So maybe that means in Kingdom Hearts 3 we'll have unlockable outfit accessories for Sora and Donald and Goofy, which might be interesting. And it comes out January 24th, 2017. So that's... Four days before my birthday. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Um, that comes out in like... Like seven or eight weeks, yeah, and that's gonna fly by like really quickly. Yep. Here, here's here's the full breakdown. On January twenty fourth for PS four, Kingdom Hearts HD two point eight Final Chapter Prologue comes out, and that collection contains Kingdom Hearts zero uh, point two Birth by Sleep, a fragmentary passage, and Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance HD, and Kingdom Hearts Key back cover which is an 80 minute cinematic video that tells the story of the foretellers and the keyblade war like however many years ago that's a lot of kingdom hearts that's stuff. fucking ridiculously <laughs> long titles love the series hate the titles <laughs> zach what are you most looking forward to out of all this i mean besides kingdom hearts 3 but like what's getting you hyped the most right now 0.2 because that's going to be the first glimpse we'll have at Kingdom Hearts 3, like with the bit of the tease of Sora and seeing the Unreal Engine 4 graphics in action, the first proper PS4 next-gen Kingdom Hearts experience. Because the cinematic movie of uh, that cover is exactly that. It's a cinematic movie, so it's not representative gameplay. And the HD Dream Drop Distance is an HD remaster. So it's, I think, 0.2 is what I'm looking forward to most. But... 
in general, I'm just excited for next year for Kingdom Hearts because the 15th anniversary and aside from 2.8 and the 1.5, 2.5 compilation on PS4, Nomura's already promised that it's going to be a year of Kingdom Hearts 3 news, you know, to celebrate the 15th. Yeah, like all, all year is going to be just a flurry of news, he said, for the for Kingdom Hearts 3. That's pretty cool. So so they're pulling like a Nintendo for the 20th anniversary of Pokemon, just like yeah, nonstop barrage. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, the, awesome. that's the dream. He said that, but it's Nomura, and he always throws you a bunch of crap before he gives you something good, so I guess we'll <laughs> see. I'm always keen to see what worlds you go to. I've made several lists in the past of uh, worlds I want to see, worlds I think would be good, as everybody does, you know. But I, I'm really keen to see what they do and also how big they are, because they've mentioned before how the worlds in Kingdom Hearts 3, the Disney worlds, are going to be longer and bigger than previously. And that 0.2, the length of it, would be similar to the length of a single Disney world in Kingdom Hearts 3. And in the trailer, in the final trailer that I broke down the other day, it shows Aqua in the main menu when she's customizing her outfit. And it's they're at like four and a half hours in. In Kingdom Hearts 2, even when you go back to the worlds twice, two or three or four times, uh, even if you're doing the extra stuff, the collectibles and the hidden enemies, you're only in each world like three to four hours. So if 0.2 is already at least four and a half hours long, and it's about the length of a Disney World and Kingdom Hearts 3, that means those worlds are going to be massive and there's going to be a lot to do. So we know that there's going to be Olympus, not just Olympus Coliseum, but Olympus, and Big Hero 6 and Tangled. And I just, I right now I'm most looking forward to seeing what other worlds we get to go to. Big Hero 6! I'm so excited. Which I think is an excellent way to please fans who want Marvel properties in Kingdom Hearts without getting the MCU. Because everybody was like, oh, we want Marvel in Kingdom Hearts. We want Star Wars in Kingdom Hearts. I'm like, "Uh, there's a place at a time. And Kingdom Hearts 3 is the end of this saga. They said there will be more Kingdom Hearts later, but that's the end of the saga began with Kingdom Hearts 1. I think if you're going to add stuff like the MCU or... Star Wars, edit when the next group of games starts, because this is Disney. If you're going to go anywhere, go for Pixar, because at least that's in a similar vein, you know? And so I think doing Big Hero 6 is great, because yes, it's technically Marvel, but it's also now a big Disney property. Whereas, like, Iron Man and Captain America, you don't think of it as Disney properties, you think of them as Marvel under the Disney umbrella. Plus, that Disney-Pixar incarnation of Big Hero 6 is very different from, like... The original Marvel, yeah, yeah, definitely. Continuity. So sure. it's, it's it's practically its own unique Disney property, property now. <laughs> so how about we set? How about we do a little segue? Um, you know, in Kingdom Hearts, there's in three five eight over two days. Uh, one of the big scenes that is shown multiple times is Axel and Roxas at the top of the uh, Twilight Town Tower, and Axel's like, "Ah, oh, you ever wonder why the sunset's red?" There's there's a bit in Kingdom or. Final Fantasy Fifteen that I just played the other day where I slept in a motel and Noctis and Prompto are outside on like a ledge chatting. And it's just so funny because Noctis is sitting there with his legs dangling like in Kingdom Hearts and Prompto comes up and he's like, hey man, and he just starts conversating. And I'm just wanting him to say like, Noctis, you ever wonder why the sunset's red? <laughs> it's just... there, there's, a separate, there's a separate scene where I think it's like some giant vault door... Yeah, and I think it was Noctis, and they're like, he was saying, 
well, I wish there was a magical key to open any door. It's like, oh, I see what you did yeah, there. Yeah, and all the, um, <laughs> like, the 13 swords that, or weapons that you need to collect throughout the game, every one of them has a extra hidden door, and all of them are locked so far for me. But yeah, the first time you find one, that's what they say. It's, oh, I wish I had a magical key that could open any door, like in the video games. <laughs> Subtle. Subtle Square Enix. Uh, but, uh, Zach, yeah. so this is the reason why you're here yeah. on the show. What are your What are your thoughts of FF15? What do you love about it? How far into it? Just give us the gambit. I am currently on chapter 5. I'm about 27, 28 hours in, and I'm level 41. I know people who have beat it at 27 hours. I know people who have beat it at level 45, at like 40 hours, and I have no idea how long it's going to take me to beat, but I've been told by people that if I keep going the way I'm going, then I'm going to have no problem at all defeating the final bosses because I'm just... I am not even grinding. I'm just doing side quests and hunts and missions and I'm leveling up. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting. I, I've got, it's hard to put all of my thoughts into succinct words before I've, I've beaten it just because I've heard that there's so much more to happen, but I, I can appreciate how it opens up as a complete 180 to Final Fantasy thirteen, where the greatest criticism was its linearity and its, like, corridor simulator. Um, whereas uh, this one... So much railroading. Yeah, exactly. Point A to point B, defeat the enemies. Point A to point B, defeat the enemies. Watch a cutscene. Yeah, the story is about, like, the the journey, like, the, like the, body, the, the ultimate bromance yeah. between these four really funny, quirky, over-the-top characters and... This is this is like the same thing that happened to me in Fallout, where, you know, I I'm just thrown into the world. I completely forget about my sunshine. I was like, screw that kid. I'm just gonna go explore. So I'm really I'm I, I clocked in like eight hours and and I just started chapter two because I spent like three quarters of that time just running around doing the hunts and the, the side quests and the missions and having to collect every single ingredient and and i'm i'm like i'm more obsessed about leveling up yeah just like it's just all the other side quests and leveling up the cooking levels for ignis like i need to get every single recipe it's just so much fun see i it took me between eight and ten hours to get done with chapter one because i was just doing stuff like that and then chapter two took me to an area that I explored and thought was a dead end in chapter one. Oh, okay. I'm supposed <laughs> to go here now. It's it's really interesting how there's like open world chapters and then there's plot chapters. Chapter one, do what you want until there's nothing left to do. Chapter two, okay, here's some cutscenes, here's some battles, you're done. Chapter three, back to open world. Chapter four, oh, here's a specific quest. You can't leave this area. Once you're done with this, chapter five. Okay. <laughs> it's like I, I was in chapter three until 24 hours and then... I did chapter four in less than one hour <laughs> because really? it was a, wow. because it was like a specific quest and you had to do that quest once you started it. But it's it's moving the plot forward. And I've heard from a lot of people that like the first half of the game is open world and the second half of the game is linear and that like you can do the side quests and stuff early on. But then later, once you hit later chapters, it's like plot, 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 plot. And eventually there's a point where you can go back to the open world if you like, but Otherwise, it's just moving forward, which is interesting to me because 
I, I'm divided on how I feel on the beginning of the game. I like how it just throws you in and lets you do your own thing. But it's so unexpected. Like, if I hadn't watched Brotherhood, the other Andean, the companion anime, or if I hadn't been following the updates for 10 friggin' years, you know, I wouldn't know who Prompto and Gladiolus and uh, Ignis are. I would care about Noctis because he's the main character. He's the, the king's son. You know, he's the main guy. But why do I care about these other three that are just my companions? It's not like I met one in a laboratory and, you know, I, their science experiment like Red 13. Or it's not like, oh, here's a black mage like Vivi and he's got this really mysterious past. And it's not you're meeting these people on the way. They're with you from the start. And that's your party for the whole game, save for a guest character or two. So it's it's interesting that they just throw it in there. And that's I guess that's the point of the road trip and why they encourage you to explore and not just go straight through the plot. Because what Andy said before, like, oh, if you camp out here, then you get this event. If you camp out there, you get that event. And it's one-on-one -on -one time, Noctis and Ignis, Noctis and Prompto. And that's where you get the, the deeper relationships. But... So it, it would be interesting to me to get someone's opinion who's going into it blind. Someone who hasn't followed the production, who hasn't been waiting with bated breath. Someone who hasn't seen any of the anime or the King's Glaive movie or anything. I'd really like to hear someone like that give their opinion on the game. For me, I watched Brotherhood right before starting the game, and I felt like that helped me incredibly much. Like, because, uh, like, at, like when I was going into it, like, I had no idea, like, why not just was friends with these four particular people or who they were. And, like, I, um, I highly recommend watching, I mean, it's weird, because, like, I, it's a video game, and I feel like you shouldn't have to watch, like, anything extra, but I found the anime incredibly, incre like, incredibly helpful, and, uh, well, the anime, more than anything, just sold me, just made me fall in love with the characters, Cause like I felt like, like they they split the wait. It's like a five episode anime. Um, it starts like shortly after the, they they left for the road trip, and then each episode is like episodes two through four goes into backstories of like Prompto and Ignis and Gladiolus and and how they all connect to Noctis, and I felt so elated just watching that because it just it just it seriously enriched my experience playing with 15 and i assume you you don't you won't lose anything if you haven't watched the anime or um uh, i haven't seen king slave yeah actually but um uh, the anime i i'm just happy with that too so much um i don't know uh, it's, it's a it's a mixed thing because like one like not all people are in the anime or maybe they'll want to maybe they're just in it for the game itself or maybe they're going into it completely blind. Uh, for me, I I I thought it was a very the the anime it was very integral to the world building. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I saw an image that I retweeted the other day that uh, I thought was really clever and funny and cheeky because it has a quote in the middle from. Uh, I was going to say Tetsuya Nomura. No. Um, I can't remember his name now. Oh. Uh, the director. Oh, uh, the... Uh, yes. Um, uh, this is... Someone look it up. <laughs> but it's got a quote yeah. from him saying, uh, when we made the transition from Versus 13 to Final Fantasy 15, we wanted to make sure that it was a cohesive game 
that could be contained in one game. Just one game. You know, so no lightning returns in Final Fantasy thirteen two symptom. It's just this is Final Fantasy fifteen. This is what it is. Here's your story. And then surrounding the quote on the image, there's logos for Brotherhood and Kingsglaive and Justice Monsters Five and a King's Tale and uh um so like all those oh the platinum demo and the episode dust guy and like really if you want to get the full story you kind of need to do all these things <laughs> so yeah it's technically one game but yes Hajime Tabata that's the one and and parts of that are interesting because like Justice Monsters Five in Final Fantasy in Final Fantasy Fifteen that's a pinball game that you can go play at a lot of the diners throughout the world and I think if you've only played Justice Monsters Five in the game, then it would be a fun time waster. But I got five minutes into it, and I was like, this is really boring, this is dumb, because the app version of Justice Monsters 5 that they released three months ago, it has a lot more to it, and there's a lot more to do, and it's a lot more interesting. Like, it's got a story mode, so to say, and you can, like, upgrade your pinballs and unlock new enemy pinballs. Like, it's it's it, it's got a lot more going for it. I guess because it's a free-to-play app and they want you to buy stuff. But if they added that kind of depth to the pinball game in the full Final Fantasy XV game, I'd be more inclined to spend more time with it. But as it is, it's just a never-ending, beat-your-high-score, unlock-an-achievement. And so it's it's totally superfluous. You don't need to even touch the pinball games in Final Fantasy XV, but it just seems like a way to make another tie-in app that didn't need to be there well they were this is in development for 10 decades or 10 decades 10, decades, 10 years 100 years <laughs> 100. <laughs> oh man now now i'm wondering like what would that be final fantasy 50 i don't know well uh, what was i saying like 10 years 10 years i mean i it evolved a lot and i guess they have to make back the money somehow yeah. but also they're also really passionate i'm sure like in a boardroom, they're all sitting together. It's like, okay, versus 13. Wait, let's add this. Wait, pinballs. Let's add that. Wait, I want to focus on cooking. Let's do that too. Yo, that's just like, it. It's, it just... Final, Fantasy, Final Fantasy 15 is every game rolled into one. It's got the stealth missions from Metal Gear Solid when you infiltrate a base and have to take down enemies without being noticed. And it's got the pinball game. And it's got the cooking. And it's got the fishing. And it's got the chocobo racing. And it's got the RPG. And it's got the action. It's got the open world. It's freaking everything. All you're missing is some. And it's got like rhythm. Monster Hunter. It's got yeah. like yeah, like whatever. All you're missing is a just, rhythm just game. Throw in Pokemon. Throw in Pokemon somewhere. <laughs> I mean, well, you have World of. I was Final gonna Fantasy say they did that with World, like... and that was released a month before, oh, yeah. so that's okay. They got that covered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you what, I love is I've re- I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel about the magic, but it is so powerful, and I've really taken a liking to it. I always have three weapons and one spell equipped. If you haven't played much of the magic, do it. Because the those big enemies, man, magic is invaluable. Uh, Quincast. I've, I don't remember what, I think it's like using 99, Fire, and Thunder, and Blizzard. Using all of them. And then use Elixirs to uh, power it up. And you get Quincast, which is it randomly casts Blizzaga, Thondaga, and Firaga five times. Whoa. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome it's fantastic. i just started I, i've been using melee only but i was just playing around with the magic today 
and I didn't know you can combine it with elixirs and stuff. I was like, yeah. holy shit. Oh. So I made, I made, I took a 99 lightning and an elixir and I, I forget the name, but it like, it like casts like thunder twice and then also heals me. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. Yeah. It's a really neat way of what doing what Final Fantasy does best and pushing the series forward and trying new things. Like Final Fantasy 13, they tried new things with the, uh, the paradigm system and some people liked it and some people hated it more people hated it and that's the risk they took but and that's what they do they try new things and i really wasn't sure how i felt about the magic i'd watch demos i'd tried it in the platinum demo myself and just everything that i was experiencing the magic and fall fantasy 15 prior to the game coming out i was really not feeling but then once i tried it out in the actual finished game awesome love it it's one of those things that you just, you don't know how it's going to be until the final product comes out. And it's, I'm really satisfied with it. Just the fact that you can combine any item that you have in your inventory, whether it's cooking ingredients or potions and elixirs, or, um, I think, yeah, just whatever you have, basically you can combine with it to put some special effect, poison the enemies, lower their attack, heal you, whatever. It's awesome. I love it. Like, what's awesome to do is when you see a dropship coming, and you warp to, like, a rock or something, and you wait for them to drop, and you just have your spell ready. As soon as all of them drop in their cluster, do a spell, ah, instant one-hit kill for all of them. <laughs> I love it. But, uh, so good. yeah. Where I'm at now, I've got the, the dropships are dropping level 45 Imperial Assassins and stuff, and they're they're getting pretty tough now. <laughs> But uh, oh, spells are still super effective. Zach, you're pretty far ahead. So I, I was, um, I was in the the beach village. I forget. Um, and there was a book on the port, and it was referencing, yeah, the, like all the, the all like the summons. Like there's summons in here, right? I need my summons. I I like, am, I want to summon Bahama and like and like wreck face. I am in chapter two, and I have access to two summons. I'm in chapter five, and I have access to two summons. I just got my second one yesterday. That's awesome. Uh, uh, if you who's your who's your favorite summon overall? Or just ever. Oh. Yeah. Put me on the spot there. Odin probably. Maybe Odin? maybe Gilgamesh. Because he's unpredictable. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. I've always been fond of uh, uh, like Ramu, mm-hmm. uh, Bahama, and then I I have a special place in my heart for Anima. From, oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh. Oh, so good. Do you guys know the six summons that are in the game? Because I can tell you what they are if you want, or we like just from seeing trailers and stuff. I I've only got the two, but I know what the six are. Actually, there's a magazine outside Lestalem. When you get to Lestalem, there's a hotel that you go to, and there's a magazine outside the hotel, and it lists all six of them. So it's not really a spoiler. Okay, go ahead. Is Titan, Ramu, Shiva, Leviathan. And all of a sudden, I'm blanking on the other two. It's not Ifrit, which I was surprised by, and it's not Bahamut. Knights of the Round! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember. You know, maybe there's more surprises. I'm glad I bought the game day one, because New Game Plus is just one of the changes that they're implementing. You know, and I don't know if you have heard all of the updates, but they're going to be adding more to the story and this is going to be like free updates it's not dlc it's just free updates that they're gonna patch in and because apparently allegedly people have 
complained about the latter half of the game where it's more story centric and there are characters that just stop showing up and they're not explained what happens to them and uh basically they're gonna put in extra cutscenes and extra gameplay segments that help explain some of these things which i like and i don't like i don't like because i miss the days when a developer would create a game and the game is complete and you can't do anything if there's a spelling error in the translation that's it that's in it forever you know, this guy are sick in Final Fantasy VII. It's always going to be there. <laughs> and it, it adds to the charm to me. And, you know, if, if there's a character that just stops showing up, well, maybe someone should write a fan fiction about what happened to him or her. You know, you don't necessarily need everything tied off with a bow. You don't need everything explained. And, uh, I don't know, I just feel like this is the game you made. Be proud of it. Yes, take feedback from people and learn from that. But you don't necessarily need to change your game. It's taken 10 years to get it out. It's out. This isn't a beta version. This isn't an early access. This is the game. But they're changing it. They're tweaking it. And that doesn't sit right with me. I like, like, so things like adding in a new game plus, that's fine with me because that's not changing the game. That's adding another mode. Um, on the other hand, I can see why people would appreciate it because maybe when I get to that part of the game, I'll, I'll have the same reaction. I'll be like, this is bullshit. What's happened? What? I, I don't get it. Explain this. Maybe I'll have that reaction. But right now, I just, I'm in the air about it. So we'll see how I feel at the end of the game if I'm satisfied or not. You are, what I am grateful for, that they're, they're going to patch in as a DLC the the boss fight with the Square Enix yeah. CEO. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. They're, it's coming to the game. I'm so excited for that's it. That's so cool. I think like that was such a funny way to promote the game when it came out. I think that's really clever. I, I I was so mad because when um, Final Fantasy fifteen they were doing a Japan only live stream and then the as Noctis you had to fight the 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 CEO of Square Enix and I and he's wearing he's wielding a, a crazy sword and it's like this is so awesome and then and the Adelons, the Aeons the summons they heard our prayers and now now it's coming to the game so that's I cannot wait for that it's gonna be so bonkers yep I agree so Zach I. I I, I have to ask, yeah. uh, there's this thing going on around Twitter about who is hashtag best boy Prompto. in Final Fantasy 15. Prompto, yes. Here's here's my here's my exp- or reasoning. Because one, he's a man who could transform and change himself for the better. Because and, and he's he's not he does he never settles. I, I found I found his backstory most inspiring. Uh, he was very shy. He had like a he has like a body issue. Uh, right. Um. Uh. What's what's the what's the word? Uh. Body, self con- uh, or, uh, self conscious. Yeah, like anxiety issues about his body image. Yeah, chubby and, kid. And and he made it. Yeah, chubby kid. Uh, he feels insecure. He felt like he wasn't cool enough to be friends with the prince. Um. So he started changing his life, eating healthy, and although he also, I felt like Prompto was a little bit like okay. I think he's like Michelangelo. He's really goofy, and I love him. The weird thing I thought about him is like I, I feel like he has a uh, has a crush on Luna, and he's gonna he's gonna try to steal Luna from Noctis. No, he's like, he's got a crush on anime. Cindy. Oh, he does. Yes. Oh, I had no <laughs> I idea. I think he just likes the ladies. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> like I was watching the anime, it's like yo, he's he's been sniffing that scented parchment for a really long time. And... A bit creepy. 
Now, there's there's several instances when I'm just wandering around the world and you know, the guys start bantering and chatting about whatever. And uh, there's several times when Prompto's been like, oh, she's so cool. Oh, I love, you know, just talk. Like, he doesn't say names, but uh, because he talks about, like, oh, when she's working in the garage and, uh, you know, I can't believe she does all this stuff for us. And he's talking about Cindy. And they're like, oh, man, she's way out of his league. Should we tell him? Nah, let him dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. So. I think I love, I love Prompto. He's just so earnest. He's very relatable, I think. You know, Ignis is the prim and proper chef who can make any dish as long as he's got the ingredients. And Prompto is like, or uh, Gladio is like the chiseled, you know, like you said, Greek god, uh, perfect person, I guess, perfect man, yeah. so to say. And then not just like the brooding, the brooding loner. Yeah, but son. no, like, I, I think Noctis' emo look... Uh, is not true to who he is. Like, he's he's pretty chill. Like, he's laid back. He likes fishing and hanging out with his bros. And he's, he's. I mean, like, there's the stuff going on with the king and, you know, his responsibilities now. And there's a lot going on in his life. So he's got reason. He's got more reason to be angsty than someone like Squall, for instance, who's just an angsty teenager who doesn't like people. You know, Squall is antisocial. He doesn't like people. Noctis goes with the flow. And he just, you know, kind of runs with it. But he's got a lot more burden and responsibility on his shoulders than someone like Squall. So, in my opinion, he's got more reason and legitimate uh, reason to be a bit down stressed and out now. And yeah, stressed out. There you go. Yeah, like his father. His father's dead, killed by the Imperial, mm. and now he has to save the save the save the kingdom. Yeah. So, so he's got a lot more going on. But uh, prompto, happy go lucky, chilled out, like. Opening the episode with the... Taking uh, photos in the middle of battles, because yeah, exactly. why not? <laughs> Selfies with uh, monsters on the field. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love his uh, enthusiasm for chocobos. Have you got to the chocobos yet? Oh, I haven't yet, but I'm so... I'm so... I'm, my body's ready. Like, when you hear that you're that there's a chocobo farm nearby, like, you've got your, your main plot quest, but Prompto's like, Oh, 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 let's go see the chocobos! Oh, we don't have time. <laughs> Come on, please, let's guys. Like he's a kid at a candy shop, and when you go to the Chocobo Farm, he's just so stoked. Prompto is all of us. Prompto is all of us, and we actually lived in Final Fantasy world. And it's just like you just get overwhelmed by everything. Yeah, I assume you've heard him uh, hum the victory fanfare after a battle now and then. Yes, like that's so fun. Yes, that's something everybody's that. done. And then when he's uh, when you're in the Chocobo Farm, he's like, I'd love to ride my Chocobo all day. And I'm like, that's oh my God. fantastic. That's just oh. dorky. Like, I want, Prompto. I want Prompto to show up in Kingdom Hearts 3 because him and Sora would get along yes. brilliantly. Yes. <laughs> Square Enix, if you're listening to us, do it now. Yeah, so I think that'd be really fun. But then there's also, like, that bit that I talked about earlier where I stayed in Motel and Prompto came out to chat with Noctis. Like, that's one of the scenes where you have to sleep at the spot to have that interaction. So you could very easily go the entire game without having it. But Prompto and Noctis have a heart to heart. Not Prompto's like, you know, man, yeah, it's, it's I'm a bit stressed. I know that we've all got a lot going on right now, but I just I ain't to talk about this. You know, I'm really stressed out, and the, I know I act all funny and aloof all the time, and but I just I do it to mask my feelings basically like he he talks about how he's actually got a lot of issues going on 
like he alludes to the Brotherhood anime where he's got body issues and whatnot and how he's a bit depressed and he's a bit sad, but he puts on a happy face because he wants to help make things more cheerful. And I'm like, that is so relatable for so many people. Like, he seems the most surreal to me out of all of the characters. He's not, uh, he's not a Greek god. He's not a perfect chef. He's not uh, a mechanic in a... He's not a mechanic dressed like a stripper. <laughs> he's... He is... <laughs> A he's human a being. Yeah, he's an everyman. There you go. And I feel like he's the most relatable, but also he's so fun and entertaining. So, prompto, best boy, hashtag. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but... The, we I have not caught the most up. recent yet. That's on my to-do list for tomorrow at work. Oh, yeah, that's fine. It's all good, but we were dipping up um, Final Fantasy roles, so I ended up with prompto. I was like, yes! <laughs> I, I'm totally okay with this. This is awesome. And then... Uh, uh, Stan was Noctis, and Andy... I think Andy was Ignis. So, do you want to be Gladiolus? Um, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'll have to respectfully <laughs> decline. Maybe Stan can be Core, and I'll be... Uh, oh. Wait, who, who's, who was Stan? Uh, Noctis. Yeah, I could be Noctis. Sleep all day. Complain when I'm awake that I'm not asleep. Well, I guess that one, uh, one good thing about not being Ignis, you don't have to cook all the time for Noctis, because Noctis can't take care of himself at all. Or you could be Sid. Yeah, I'm not I'm not angry enough at the world to be Sid. <laughs> oh, okay. Sid's old and hates Are things. Are you good with cars? You want to be Cindy? Nope. Not a mechanic. No. Not a gearhead. <laughs> okay. That's all good. I'll be Sora. It's all good. You'll be Sora. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Sora's finally making his first appearance as an extra character in a Final Fantasy game in World of Final Fantasy. First time That's he's true, going to yes. a different game. So you never know. Doors are open. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Totally, legitimately unintentional, but I will take it. Yeah. The Kingdom Hearts is in your blood. And you got it. I love it. That's the power of the Keyblade. So, what, what else are you looking to get out of 15 besides like finishing the game and like new game plus like i don't know i'm doing more side quests i'm interested i'm really interested to see where the plot goes because i've spent i spent so much time doing side quests that the plot is moving like molasses for me right now like i get a cutscene. oh here's this new bad guy or mysterious guy but then I don't see him again for 15 hours because I'm just doing side quests. And it's completely my fault. There's no problem with the pacing of the game. It's just I want to do other things. So uh, I'm interested to carry on the plot. Like I may, I'm thinking I may carry on with the plot a little bit. And then I'll just go and catch up on the side quests in a bit. Because I hear it opens up again at chapter 8. So maybe I'll blast through chapter 6 and 7. But uh, yeah, so I'm... I'm Keen to see what happens, because I've heard a lot of people talk about how things get pretty real later into the game. So I'm interested to see, after I've grown to love these characters as much as I already have, and then some, it'll be really interesting to see how it progresses. And then, I'm also on the fence about the DLC, because there's going to be the Prompto episode, and the Ignis episode, and the Gladio episode. So... Maybe once I beat the game, I'll be like, yeah, I want these episodes with, or I can play as them. But right now I'm like, we'll see. So. Okay. For me, I, I, I know, I mean, I know like <laughs> that they spent like 10 years building 
the this the story and it's epic and grand in scope but for me i'm just i just want to hunt monsters and cook food and and i just i just i'm just so immersed right now and i just i'm just living i'm just living in it and just it's like the slice of life stuff yeah. I, that i love just like listening to the conversations while while on car rides and just meeting just just reading up the lore and like interacting with people it's just that's my bread and butter right now and uh, I know, I know, I have the same problem too. I'm gonna spend like another like ten hours just running around. I was like, oh, I, I, yeah. I was like, there's, there was a thing that I had to do with the main quest, but I got this new recipe, so I can't, that, that has to wait. You know, you see, like I get caught in the trap of, uh, okay, here's me on the complete east side of the map. My destination is on the complete west side of the map. In between there. There are four question marks, which are quests. Let's pick all those up. Okay, I picked up all the quests. I'm still in the middle of the map. Two of them are up here. One's over here. One's down here. Well, I'm going to go to the two that are next to each other. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do all these in bulk. I'll get them done now. And then on my way, I find that some guy broken down and I need to repair his car. Okay, so there's another little one. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Where am I going now? Oh, on here on the map, I see there's a special treasure. I'm going to get that on my way to turning in this quest. Oh, I've got all four of these quests done now. And so let's turn them all in. Let's just do that and then I'll move on to the next quest. Oh, I've I've done all those quests now. More of unlocked. Oh, cool. This one's like directly on the way to the main quest. So I'll go do the main quest, but I'm just going to pick up this quest on the way. Oh, but the, it's it's not that far walk to get that thing that I need to get for this new quest. And I just keep doing that. <laughs> and I love it. Like, I love that I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Like... And and there's so many ways to go about it too. Like you can drive the car everywhere, and you can you can fast travel to get there quick, or you can let it go. You a lot of people think that they're driving the car is a waste of time, but that's where you get some of the slice of life moments. Is you're in the car and they just have a chat, or one of them will come up, will poke you on the shoulder and ask you a question, and that's you'll have the the dialogue tree and figure out what you want to say, and there'll have something different happen depending on what you say, or maybe you'll see a amazing bit of scenery and prompt was like oh hey can we pull over i want to take a picture of this thing and you get a really cool picture of you and your bros and it's things that you would miss if you just ran everywhere if you fast traveled everywhere plus a good a good way to get the get more out of the long car ride to go to the ascension grid yep. and pick up that one item where that one ability where you unlock ap when you go on long car rides but see there, there is no bad way to travel this is a good thing there's no bad way to travel in final fantasy 15 if you're on foot the more you walk, the quicker Gladiolus's survival skill levels up. So if you're just driving and riding chocobos all the time, yeah, that's never going to go up. And his survival skill is great because he picks up potions and ethers and megalixers and stuff. And the higher level, the better items you get. That's awesome. And But if you're driving in the car, well, you don't have to worry about the enemies unless it's the middle of the night. But it, most of the time, you don't have to worry about the enemies. You can listen to classic Final Fantasy games, soundtracks on the car radio... Uh, you get to listen to the banter, you get to know the guys a bit more. So, and you just wait for a few minutes while you get to your destination. If you're on the Chocobo, you said you're not to the Chocobos yet, but once you do, your Chocobo can level up. The longer you ride it, the more it levels up. It'll have more stamina, it can glide further, you can feed it different types of greens, you can customize it more, whatever. So... Can you put armor on it? I, I want have it unlocked armor. armor. Maybe that'll be a paid DLC. Oh. Chocobo horse armor. Um... Uh, oh. But you can, like, when I started, you could have, 
a yellow chocobo or a white chocobo. I just checked yesterday. My chocobo is level 8 now. And I've got like 15 colors and hues that I can select. And you can make all four of your team members' chocobos different colors. You can race your chocobo and oh get medals God. to pin to it. Uh, and That is so dope. Yeah. And it, the medals, like... That's so cool. Like, I thought, oh, well, why would you put medals on your chocobo? Like, it's just to show that you've done this. But only you know it. It's not like you're in a multiplayer game where other people can see what races you've won. But I found it to be really helpful because if you get off your chocobo to fight something or pick something up, it'll just trot away and it'll be a few meters away but it might hide behind a rock or something and uh, you just blow your whistle and it'll come to you but you can just look around and like the metals will glint in the sun and so it's like a shiny like here's a shiny item over here oh no way but so like if you're hard if it's difficult to see your chocobo because of the day time of day or the setting you're in or whatever if you've got a green chocobo in the middle of a forest you might lose him but the metals will glint in the sun and that's a really neat touch but they they totally did it on purpose. That's awesome. But it's it's so much. So, like I said, there's no bad way to travel in the car and on the car and the chocobo. You can gain abilities of both of those to to gain AP and gain EXP while you're on a chocobo or while you're in the car, and then while you're walking, you're leveling up Gladiolus' skill. So every way of traveling is a good way to travel, and that's awesome. Everyone wins. I think I want to wrap it up with one more thing. Like ten years. It's been 10 years, uh, 15's out. We have a whole bunch of Kingdom Hearts stuff uh, on the way in the next couple of months and the next year. In March, we got uh, Near Automata. Yep. Uh, I think it's like March 17th? It's the middle of March, and the demo comes out on the 20th yeah. of this month. So about a week. Exactly. So I, I wanted to get your opinion. Uh, like, what's, like, what's next for Square Enix? Like, I mean, we, we already know from those like three or four related things like that their current or more more current slate but uh what do you see for the future of square enix i think first of all a while back they mentioned final fantasy 11 the main servers were going to be shutting down soon and they're going to remake like they're going to re-release final fantasy 11 as a mobile game or 11 as a mobile game and we haven't heard anything from that since it was announced so i think next year we're going to hear more about the final fantasy 11 mobile game um, like you said, Near Automata and Kingdom Hearts 2.8 and Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 and Kingdom Hearts 3, whether it comes out in late 2017 or 2018, uh, hopefully no later, but, um, 15th anniversary. So there's a lot of Kingdom Hearts to look forward to. Um, I don't know. They could throw some curveballs. Like when Near Automata was announced, it was, it came out of nowhere. Near was a darling game beloved by a specific group of people. But it didn't get the fanfare that Final Fantasy did, or that the Chrono Games did, or it just it was a it was a very much a hidden gem. And now Near Automata's got all this attention, and I think that's awesome because I really love Near. Um, but you never know when they're gonna do that. They 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 might just bring something out uh, that you weren't ever expecting. They might have a new Mana game come out. Who knows? But there's Final Fantasy Twelve Zodiac Age coming out next year as well. Uh, and of course, the, the creme de la creme, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Gotta get more news on that soon. Definitely. Oh, uh, actually, there's this, there's this, uh, supposed leak that came out. Oh, I heard about this. Um, I know what you're I'm, saying. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm chalking up to a rumor until yeah. someone, of, someone else officially I came agree. out. But they said it's like, it's like the Final Fantasy Complete co- Collection for the 30th anniversary. Yeah. And this is, this is just blowing my mind. It's like, 
Final Fantasies one through nine for both like all on one card or one disc or one CD for the Vita and PS4 with trophies and like HD graphics. Like, oh my god, like that would be amazing. Yo, but I know that that rumor had a lot to it, and there were like several different collections. But one of the collections had Final Fantasy one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and ten two HD remaster, twelve the Zodiac Age, thirteen trilogy remastered which is another thing that's rumored to come out in 2017 is the 13 remastered on next gen the trilogy um 15 complete with the dlc and mm. 11 and 14 uh i don't remember but it was something different for 11 and 14 because they're mmos but i think it was like a year of 11 on mobile and a year of 14 with all the expansions and that was like a two hundred and fifty dollar package or something. Um, wow, totally worth. Yeah, totally, totally worth, worth for sure. But uh, I don't know. It it sounds like one of those too good to be true scenarios. But I would be totally happy to just have one through nine on one disc on current consoles. That'd be great. I think that it's gonna be a really really exciting couple of years yeah, for Square. For sure. Um, I don't know if other people were worried about Square, but like in the past, but uh, someone is always worried about everybody. You know how long people have been worried about Nintendo. People worried about Nintendo with the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube in the beginning of the Wii until it was out for a month and it shot everyone's expectations out of the water. And then the Wii U. Oh, the Wii U's doomed. Wii U's a failed console. Nintendo's going to go under. Oh, but here's the Switch. They look like they're doing okay. (laughs) I don't know. I think people overreact. And there's, I think, if Nintendo or Square Enix or someone is going to go under... It's going to be very sudden, and no one's going to see it coming. People might say they saw it coming, but I don't. Th- I think it would be a very sudden because they would try and keep it as quiet as they could and try and fix everything internally as much as they could. But I think they're fine. Scranix is a okay, especially because it's not just RPGs. They've got you know they bought Idos a couple years ago, so they've got Tomb Raider and Hitman and. Uh, just cause Deus Ex and all that stuff. So that's under their umbrella as well. It's not just Square Enix with RPGs anymore. Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest Eleven's on the way. Dragon Quest Seven just got remade for 3DS. Dragon Quest Eight is coming out in January. Um, yeah, dude, I could. I, I I wish Stan was here right now. He, you guys would just have like an hour long conversation about Dragon Quest. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I don't. But. Dragon Quest Eleven looks really cool just because it's got the two. Do you know about Dragon Quest Eleven? Uh, not really. There's been, like, one batch of screenshots released for it about a year ago, and that's it. It was confirmed to be for NX, so Switch, and mm. PS4. Okay. And it, mm. like, you know how old-school Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy games were, like, top-down pixels, and, like, you saw the roofs of buildings and the fronts of buildings? And then yes. in 3D games, you see all the 3D buildings from every side. Dragon Quest Eleven uh, has two versions like, they, they come together, but, like, the 3DS and the Switch versions, you can uh, choose between Classic Mode or Modern Mode. And Classic is top-down, and Modern is 3D, full world. And it had a comparison That's of, like, the really top cool. screen of the 3DS and the bottom screen of the 3DS. The top screen had the uh, the top-down version, and the bottom screen had the 3D. And, like, you could look... This pot here that you're seeing in the 3D world is right there on the uh, on the top-down version. Like, everything was one-to-one, exactly perfectly placed. It was so cool. Like, I've never even thought of 
a company doing that, that's having a top insane. down and 3D and having them be equal. Like, that's awesome. That's really unique and really cool. And since then, I've been really super keen to see more on Dragon Quest XI. Well, now that you're writing again for PlayStation, or, well, it's well, it's PlayStation Universe, Nintendo. Well, PlayStation Universe. Because this this game's. Oh, are you allowed? Or is it going to come up for the yeah, PS4? Yeah, it's so 3DS, yeah. Switch, and PS4. Excellent. Incidentally, no Vita. So- <laughs> <laughs> no. no Vita love. Vita. Uh, I mean, the Vita's still alive. For now. The the JRPG market's keeping that. Yeah, what well, with all of its hits like Gravity Rush on the PS4 now. And Danganronpa uh, on the uh, PS4. Don't remind, please don't, remi- don't remind me. <laughs> and the the um, the nunnery games coming to PS4. <laughs> uh. Trust me, I I understand. It's like when all the Wii U games started getting ported to 3DS. It's like that's when you know they're kind of losing faith. See, stop. Like, keep the video. I mean, I know you still have cross by, but like yeah. Gravity Rush was OG. OG Vita, so it's Danganronpa. <laughs> and now PS4 is like, oh, yep. I'm just going to steal you. You got it. Right, should we call, anyway, should we call that so good? 20 I'm, minutes after I'm one last thing. I'm getting a little bit little bit uh, fuzzy right now. But uh, this was an amazing show. I agree. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, Thank you for having me. Man, the last time... Uh, we, we, we always love to have you on. Like The last time you are um you were here uh we were talking about our dream worlds for um for kingdom hearts and then we went into this really long tangent of like of how it's like like grand theft audio auto i was gonna say miami vice yeah kingdom Kingdom heats i was just i was thinking that's right you guys said it was gonna be an ongoing thing and i've never heard about it since you guys stopped kingdom heat segment disappointed okay (laughs) Well, well, now we're, we've been called out on the podcast, but you know this is this is true. Uh, this is the words binding. So we're gonna bother. We're gonna bother Stan. We're gonna bother Andy. We're gonna bother ourselves. You know, we're gonna we're gonna try to keep quick. That on. Quick suggestion, by the way. You know what you guys should do? You should have a special comeback episode of Anime Is Weird with Final Fantasy Fifteen Brotherhood. <gasps> yes. Five really short episodes. An hour of watching. Okay. Easy. Okay. Easy. You want to come back on? Are you free? <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> you know, whatever we can work out. I'm always happy to join you guys when okay. we can work it out. Okay. Sounds great. But uh, so, Zach, um, tell the audience where they can find your Road to 15 blog as well as, uh, and like, like, like we all said before, you, we can find you on PlayStation Universe. That's your new home. But, you know, the. the um, your your claim to fame on this podcast, you know that amazing blog, and plus all of your amazing Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts fandom. Uh, where where can the audience find that, and where they can find you in social media? Go to savecontinue.com and honestly, because the site's kind of died, the most recent articles on there are still my Road to Fifteen and Fifteen pieces. <laughs> so to savecontinue.com, and you'll see my Road to Fifteen and Fifteen pieces, at least the last ones um, on there. You can find them there. Or Google the road to fifteen and fifteen. I bet you'd come up uh, on Twitter. I am at Zachary P Lyons. That's not Zachary Plyons, as some people think. <laughs> um, and as you say, I'm writing at PlayStation Universe now. So keep up with what I'm writing there. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everyone who's listening out there. This is episode ninety-two of the Super Nerd Palace. Bleh. 
92 of the Super Nerd Pals podcast. Eight more until 100. Eight. Oh, man. We have something really special for 100. It's going to be really exciting. Looking forward to it. If you're looking forward to it like Zach is, all you have to do is subscribe to our podcast. Uh, it's really easy. You can find our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, click that subscribe button. Join our communities. Facebook.com slash group slash Super Nerd Pals. Hell Shout yeah. Thank you, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it once. So yeah, you can join our Facebook community. and You can also follow us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. Uh, you can also follow us individually. So I'm Chris Sampson. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O Ninja for Hire. You can find Stan on Twitter at Stan Doom. And you can find Andy on Twitter at Sweet Justice One. That's Sweet Justice O-N-E, uh, not the number one. Uh, thank you again for listening. And thank you, Zach, for coming on. Thank you. And enjoy enjoy the episode. Enjoy Final Fantasy. And, um, you know, Zach, we're, we would love to have you back for all the Kingdom Hearts madness coming up in the next couple of months. I will be there. Excellent. All right, pals. Thanks for listening. And have a great night. Bye.